The pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Draft Rugby Show. I'm your host, Kagi, and I am joined by my co-hosts, brothers Harry and Nelson, to talk some fantasy rugby again. Gents, Draft Rugby, round one. How good was it to finally watch some... Kiwi, uh, sorry, some good rugby uh, on the weekend and um, and just get after your fantasy players. So good, mate. Loved every minute of it. And as you said, the Super Rugby Aotearoa comp just adds another layer, doesn't it? It does. Nels, how, how did you uh, how did you find it? Man, I just, I mean, the the fact that we had four games for me was awesome. You know, you don't you don't have one game Friday, one game Saturday, or the the double on Friday. You can actually spread it out through that through the weekend and. I mean, more footy, the better, I reckon. And, and four games wasn't enough for you. You had to go also, you were at the Kayama Sevens all weekend. You just had to have, what was it, four days, three or four days of rugby, basically. It was just tons of Sevens footy and it was actually really good to see. So, yeah, it was great. Excellent. And uh, were you were you better than or not better than Will Miller, who I believe was also playing uh, in, on the day? He was pretty good. He was pretty good? You think he had to? Yeah, all right. yeah very yeah. good. Well, I mean, I was um, on the sideline drinking, so he definitely outplayed me. Excellent. So you outdrank him then. There you go. I definitely outdrank him. Excellent. Okay. Um, how do we all think? Look, we had our draft last week, the most important day of the year, bigger than Christmas. Uh, how do we all feel the draft went? Any any big regrets off the bat? Look, I I don't think I have regrets. I, I'm slightly disappointed I didn't get a top shelf back rower. For me, looking at those back rowers in recent years, if you don't get that sort of top handful um, you drop down from somewhere between low 30s to mid 20s. And for me, I, I missed a chance early to get one of those back rowers. So I thought I'd, you know, go for top positions elsewhere. And I think that that proved to pay off for me this week, but I've got a long way to go to, to build a little bit more of a back row. Yes. No, in fact, Nelson waited until his 11th pick to uh, pick up a back rower. And I think uh, he actually was, he was so delusional. He, he thought he had, he thought he'd already picked up Lachlan Boshi. He was just, yeah somehow had added a pick into his mind and that he was in his team. But uh, no, I think we were a little bit surprised to see Nelson not pick up all of his boys, Boshier, Fraser McWright, Tizano, yeah. et cetera. The, the difference for me was with, with our one forward Benji, I went for Falau Fainga relatively early. So then I had to back it up and I went Tom Horton, which that was probably my mistake. Harry pointed it out to me at the time and I agreed. Instead of picking up Tom Horton, you know, I could have got a one weaker you know, quite easily and then, you know, gone a little bit earlier on back rowers. But even by that time, you know, that the, all the top shelf back rowers had, had gone. And uh, look, that's okay. Uh, in terms of draft mistakes, um, Harry clearly didn't get the memo. He uh, decided to pick up the Waratahs. Uh, Harry, you went for the Waratahs 9, 10 and 12 combo. Uh, a lot of faith there. How'd that go for you? And 14. Well, mate, it looks like it's going very well, to be honest. I, I think I'm cleaning up on the champ and finally uh, finishing the winning streak that he had over the top of me. So I'm pretty happy with that. And look, my big takeaway from the draft, as I said, uh, without my microphone working before, was that we established that uh, fifth place, Nelson suggested, is the hardest place to draft, draft from. <laughs> Got him. Uh, yes. Harry, I just want to point out, so if you have, in fact, won uh, against Chrissy, scores to be finalised, um, uh, I think it could be perhaps because you have not once used the word curse, uh, which Nelson goes to about every, you know, twice a, twice a week at least. Um, 
So, you know, kudos on that. Well done. Um, Thanks, mate. That's uh, certainly oh, some weight off your shoulders. Oh, I just want to point out there, it looks like I started off with the win this year too. So me and Harry look like we're going to be 100% success rate. There's no doubt about it. Craig, how did you go this week? Yes, no, uh, very good. Um, I went across, uh, I guess, went against my modus operandi uh, of not picking up players who are not playing uh, and slowly uh, decided to not field a full team, but yet uh, I think only 11 players and a benchy or something. Um, don't know how that happened. Uh, I also I got very carried away with my first or my first pick, I suppose, second pick, pick and I picked, chose Harry Wilson over Artie Sevilla. Um, I just got overcome by a wave of you idiot. this is my one chance to get Harry Wilson, and I really want to get him. <clears> and uh, I've been feeling uh, I hate to say it because Harry's going to feel really good, but I've been feeling this wave of regret ever since. Um, yeah, in fact, look, I was just telling I was telling Nelson the way the draft went, I actually could have ended up with. Both the Sevillas and both the Yuanis, basically my dream fantasy team of all time. But um, the good the good thing for you, Craig, is you're gonna have first pick again this week, seeing as you're gonna be sitting in the wooden spoon. That's true. Um, look, this is the closest you'll ever find me to the wooden spoon, Nelson. And uh, unlike I, I believe you were sitting in this position last year, and I can't remember, but I remembered certainly that you botched whoever the first pick was. Uh, and you did not pick up anyone great. So I'm hoping not to repeat that. But um, no, there, was, there was no one available last year. I don't, I don't feel it's going to be the same this year. You could probably pick up Stacey Ely or something like that. Actually, no, he's in Harry's team. You, you yeah. can't get him. Well played. All right. Now, anyway, look, we do need to move on. But very quickly, for our listeners, our first 16 picks in our draft were, in, and in order, Richie Moanga, Will Jordan, Cody Taylor, Nani Lamape, Tate McDermott, Sevu Reese, Caleb Clark, Rico Iwani, that was round one. Round two, we had Harry Wilson, Hoskins Satutu, and then Artie Sevilla. Can you believe it? Artie went third. Uh, and we flowed on to D-Mac for Nelson, uh, Mikaeli Tuu, and David Havili, injured David Havili, not playing, uh, and Filippo Dalgunu, rather, and uh, Aaron Smith somehow came in there as well. I'm not sure about that one for NSYNC. But, um, yeah, what were our thoughts on that, on the, the top two rounds, boys? Oh, look, there's most of the big names you would have picked, but we'll do the big write-up again on the OG League for the initial draft and then for the uh, round one as well. So hopefully yeah. we can get that sorted in the next 24 hours as well and we can flesh it out a bit more. Fantastic. All right, now the last point before we get into the menu for tonight is uh, you can go back and check out last week's pod. Uh, we talk about the draft and we, uh, we reviewed Super Rugby AU round one and previewed all the rounds from uh, Draft Rugby round one. Um, Harry's conveniently breaking them up into little bite-sized videos. So you, you can get the same this week. You'll be able to get your previews for your Aussie fixtures coming up and the Super Rugby out to roll fixtures coming up. So make sure you get after those. All right, menu for tonight. Uh, for Entree, we're going to look at Draft Rugby Round 1. Uh, that is Super Rugby AU Round 2 and Rug- Super Rugby Aotearoa Round 1. Uh, I'm not actually going to keep saying that uh, in the breakdown every week, but um, we're just going to refer to it as draft rugby, and you can you can figure it out. For main course, we're going to preview the fixtures that come in draft rugby round two, uh, and this week, uh, look, it's been um, you know it was a big weekend, a lot of lot of beers, a lot of calories consumed. We're going we're going healthy, no no dessert this week. Let's just get on with it, uh, so we can all get some sleep and get to work tomorrow. So, very good entree. Let's get stuck in. Buys the force and the chefs. It was very hard with a draft without being able to pick up the chef's players. Um, I did. 
else did though. Yep. And so I, I picked up one as well. So, you know, there you go. Um, all right. Who wants to take us through the first game, the Reds and the Rebels? I'd love to. Now, I, I would just say before that as well, it's not often that uh, a Super Rugby team or a buy that gets no points comes off better than their opposition. But it's fair to say that the Western Force had a huge win in comparison to the Waratahs spanking. But I'm sure we'll get to that soon. The what? The, sorry, the what spanking? I didn't... Um... The Waratahs spanking? No, we won't talk about that. Then. Oh, I forgot. Didn't the Waratahs have a buy on the weekend? I thought they. Yeah. So there was yeah. two buy. There was two buys, and there was. I wish. No, that was the Brumbies buy, mate. Um, game two, the Reds ver the game of the Super Rugby AU competition. Reds versus the Rebels, twenty three to twenty one, with the Reds scoring a couple of tries to the Rebels zero. Uh, returning to this one, you had Suliasi Vunavalu, who had a one week ban. Uh, for some off-field indiscretions that we won't go into again. Uh, one injury on this one as well, not an injury really, Fail Fautuika, the big prop came on in the second half. Taniela Tupo coming off the field quite early actually as a sub, I think basically half-time. And Fatuika, um took off someone's head and got a three-week ban as a result. Hmm. And before you get into it, mate, who, who expected this? Certainly not us. 23-21, what a close game. Yeah, so I, I think the way to explain this one was first half, in the first 35 minutes, there was 18 penalties and there was nine knock-ons from the Reds. So the Rebels kind of really frustrated the uh, the Reds in terms of their attacking game plan. It was just so stop-start. Matty Tamua's goal-kicking was on point in that first half, kicking a fair few in a row from outside of the 40-metre mark. And it just really frustrated the Reds. It completely slowed down the flow of the game. And I thought it was really good footy, to be honest. Yep. The sure. possession on this one, 61 to 39%, territory 67 to 33%. So the Reds absolutely dominating. And it actually got worse for the Rebels in the second half, 72 and 79% respectively for the Reds there. So they just had all the ball and that's why they all managed, they managed to make their way back into the game. Um, you would have thought that the red card would have been the, uh, the end of the Reds, especially when they only scored three points. Uh, while Fatuika was off the field, but uh, they were in it close enough that they could get a 77th minute try and sneak a win. I thought special mention to fantasy man of the match was uh, Alex Murphy, 62 points, two tries, seven carries for his 49 metres, a line breaker, tackle bust and 12 line out wins. I thought he was excellent despite me telling my opposition that I thought he was a terrible fantasy player. Um, so that made me eat my words a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. Um, in attack, the stats were pretty one-sided. Again, the Reds doing all the running, 420 to 225, 29 to 9 tackle bus, 10 to 4 line breaks and 10 to 1 offload. So the Rebels played a really conservative game. Uh, set piece as well. Line outs were pretty average. Oh, we're okay, I should say. 14 from 15, 93% from the Reds, 6 from 8 for the Rebels. So not too much going on and the scrums are pretty even as well. The crazy stat was the Rebels had 10 scrums to the Reds one. So that was obviously all those knock-ons, which uh, the, Red, the Rebels never ever took the opportunity and <laughs> went to set piece every single time. And also yeah. there were some good scrums though as well. Fire out those, that big Rebels front row, like those guys are massive, really took it to them. Yeah, shout out to a couple of massive hits as well. Paisami put one on Matty Tamur, which was a huge hit. <laughs> and then uh, Pone Amalsili put one on as well, and I think early in the second half. So that was awesome. That's right. Um, that Paisami one, you felt at home watching the game. Oh, you kind so of you good. felt it yourself, yeah. So, so good. Red's uh, next top scorer was James O'Connor with 58 points and Ciro Iru with 46 points. Uh, quick shout out to our website. There's an issue there. We're just changing and he's listed as a lock. He will be a back rower. Um, and uh, on the Rebels side, the top one was Richard Hardwick on 31 points. So, I mean, that explains it all. There was no points for them because they did nothing other than kick their goals. 
Correct. I'm happy to jump straight into this next game if that's all good. This is the, the Brumbies shellacking of the Waratahs. Nine tries to one, 61 points to 10. Look, I think this is the start of the Suntars as they oh, shall I, now be I thought you were going to say, look, I thought enough enough said. Um, game over, <laughs> let's move on. But um, no, it, if it should we, be. It should be. Look, we actually drew the possession stat and that's where it ends for the Tars in terms of any stats here. If we'll just jump into some of the stats. The, the meters were 381 to 235, 16 to 10 tackle busts, 14 to 2 line breaks. The Waratahs just did not offer much in attack. I think, look, they stayed in this game in the first half, um, but it broke away in that, that second half. They were, I think, 19 points to 10 just before that, that halftime buzzer. Um, but the, the big question is, I think, from Har- on Harry's lips, would they have won if Angus Bell was captain? Would they have Harry? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a bit of a concern. He's He limped off in the 68th minute, um, which is a bit of a concern because the Tars already have nobody. So we can't get rid of a, someone we love. <laughs> um, Tepai Marara and Lockie Swinton came back into this one. Um, look, it wasn't enough for them. There's, there's a lot of issues at the Waratahs at the moment. I think at, at you know the Tars HQ, you can't blame the boys for this. You can't blame Rob Penny for this in my eyes. There's been some big issues there for a number of years and you've really got to feel for these Tars players. But if you're a smart fantasy manager, you would have picked up Mac Hansen, which I did, who played uh, Noangan Idawasi and just, you know, he, he had opportunities galore and every time he touched it, he basically scored, scoring three tries. He was actually the fantasy man of the match as well. I was kind of hoping he could, you know, drag out fantasy man of the round, but he didn't manage it. But 85 points, three tries. He actually made the same amount of tackles as he did tries. 10 runs for 75 metres, three tackle busts, three line breaks and offload. That guy is awesome. I can't wait to see more of him. Even though there's a few people creeping back into that side we'll, talk, we'll touch on later. But... Look, who else was there? The, the the Brumbies rolling more was clearly back. We questioned it a little bit last week because the force seemed to shut it down really, really well. But, I mean, this is a week that it would hurt not to have Fyango in the field. There was three rolling more tries um, in this one for the Brumbies. The Waratahs just had no answer for it. But how good was seeing Noah Lolasio getting into pretty much every driving mall and a few other a few other backs in there as well. You know, that was something I, I, I really noted. Not often you see a, a back get a rolling mall try, um, but also it would, it would be really nice. This is a point Harry made. It'd be really nice to see one of the Tars wingers try to get involved into this game. You know, it's probably not the center pairing that's going to get the ball out to them in lots of opportunities. But I think James Ram... I remember him touching the ball once and he looked dangerous. He, he beat a few guys in a small amount of space. He just needs to go looking for that ball. Um, Tepai Mororoa cannot make a tackle to save his life. He just refuses to do it. Um, but the, the tackle success for the Tars was 82%, 74 from 90. And for the Brumbies, it was 89 from 99 with 90%. So that's a significant difference there. Realistically, um, I'm surprised the Tars you know, didn't make have to make more tackles than they did because they just didn't seem to have the ball. But realistically, they were just pretty useless when they had it. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to add, boys? 
Yeah, I, I thought the Waratahs' defensive strategy was interesting in that first half. They were super, super tight, but they didn't really fan out from their wing. So it just made it yep. so easy for the Brumbies to throw the screen and get out the back. So I think there's, there's a lot of opportunity there for wingers against the Waratahs' defensive system at the moment. And uh, and the other one that I thought was really good was uh, the, the stats that came up on Twitter showing that the Brumbies basically scored all their points off set piece. So line out and uh and scrum so i guess uh that maybe is a, a bit of a telling stat for when they play the reds later in the season but the tar's pretty awful in those areas generally yeah the brums had 14 from 15 line outs 11 from 13 scrums good to see the tars actually get 16 from 16 in that line out stat um but they had three from four as well with the scrums We've noted HJH, has he gone backwards in terms of his scrummaging? Because last last year he actually surprised us with his move to tight head, but he's had two pretty bad weeks in a row. Yeah, indeed. Um, and I think, look, Tepai Moreau, I think we're surprised by him. He uh, he can do one thing, and it's truck the ball up at pace. Uh, and look, he did that well. But, he um, did that well. That was about um, it. I think that all you need to know about this game, it, <clears> I don't think I've ever seen a side... Uh, seem like they have all the answers um, just so th- consistently throughout. Uh, but, yeah, for me, all it was is that Tizano, even Tizano was tired of tackling at the end of the game. So that's how you know that they, the Brumbies broke the Tars. He was. Just quickly touching on Tom Banks, 62, Rob Valentini, 60, Noah Lalastio, 47. For the Tars, their top was Will Harrison with 32. Craig, do you want to jump into this Highlanders-Crusaders game, which was thrilling? Sounds good. Uh, and last point is I think next week we'll see Harry have a Reds flag in the back of his video. He will change that uh, Tars flag. I can't bring myself to do it. I wish I could. <laughs> I really wish I could. All right, excellent. New Zealand rugby, the Highlanders and the Crusaders. Uh, how good. South Island Derby uh, under the roof at Dunedin. The Crusaders taking this one away. Surprise, surprise. 26 to 13, four tries to two. Uh, no one really returning game one for Super Rugby Aotearoa, but injured so he was named to start, pulled out pre-game due to a pre-season rib injury. Will Jordan, one of certainly the top fantasy picks. Um, second. Second. But, I mean, yeah, you know, could have gone first in some leagues. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, so... Before you move on, hmm. despite not playing, he still beat the number one fantasy <laughs> pick for points this week. Did he? He did. So you t- is he saying that Richie got minus points? Correct. Oh, he got minus five. Wow. <laughs> Wowzers. All right. Crusaders. Look, I mean, is it, is it, is the, is the dynasty over? The Crusaders are done. Will Jordan not playing and uh, Richie minus five points. Who would have, who would have thought? Probably not. Mm. Um, look, this game was good. Uh, very physical encounter as always with this South Island Derby, a lot of passion in there. Fairly even possession. Highland is a little bit more there and they also had a little bit more territory. Um, I think one of the key stats was uh, just the Crusaders conversion rate. Uh, every time they got into the Highlanders 22, they came away with something, uh, whereas the Highlanders just couldn't muster the same stuff. The first try, Cody Taylor's try was enormous, just ran an awesome line and then has the pace to burn. He ran probably about 50 into dotted under the posts and really just kind of start that momentum. Um, that stat, I actually, I'm, I bring up stats I don't actually have here, but I remember that stat came up on screen again, which is just amazing every year in that, the uh, Crusaders score something like, what was it, 50 to 60% of their points in the last 20 minutes of every Super Rugby game. So um, you just really have to stay in it. Um, Severus Harry, he looked back 
uh, to every touch was gold. That um, you know, big break down the side and that kick in field for uh, a try. What do you think of that? I thought it was just absurd skill. And the Australian commentators kept going, oh, he shinned that. It's the shin ball. Mate, he looked inside with all their runners. It was a planned move, and he kicked it perfectly. How can that possibly be a shin ball? No, no, no one expected it. When he did it, I'm pretty sure I threw something at the TV, and then it was perfect. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I mean, was I was just more surprised that he didn't just back himself and run it. You know, we like Sevo for being selfish. Harry would have been a little disappointed, but he'll take oh, the try assist. Yeah, he only got um, something points this week. It's like he didn't even want to win the match for me. It's true. Um, I love this point someone's put in here. Josh Iwani came on for Solomon Alamalo. Uh, yeah, Solomon was extremely quiet. I was very disappointed. Uh, just didn't... I guess maybe he's finding out his way in the Highlanders. Um, it kind of felt like to me every time... He was running a line. There was someone else running a different line. Like Nareki would come in at a different angle. He just couldn't seem to find those lines he'd been so good at um, at getting and then getting some open space on the end of that. So uh, I'm sure that will come in with with play. But um, yeah, in terms of attacking stats, similar attacking stats for both sides. Um, both teams playing uh, Pistons attack off the line out. That led to Frizzell's try. Highlanders with some cross kicks, uh, trying to test Chafiaki, youngster Chafiaki, who was in fullback for the Crusaders. Um, defense, I guess, uh, look, both uh, the Highlanders, 81% tackle success. The Crusaders, 85, uh, a lot of tackles in it. Fair amount of penalties. It felt like 23, two yellow cards, the Crusaders. You know, there's been talk about the Crusaders just cynically giving away penalty after penalty in their 22 uh, I mean, they did get two yellow cards, so I don't really see how that argument <laughs> holds any water. Um, that's what they do. They'll, they'll give away penalties until they get cards. Uh, and then somehow when they get cards, they play even better. That's just the Crusaders. Um, but, yeah, in this one, look, lineouts, uh, Highlanders 90%, so even without Pari Pari Parkinson, uh, 18 out of 20, which is pretty good. A lot of lineouts for this game. The Crusaders 13 from 14. Rolling Mall masterclass from the Crusaders. Um, they just they were able to repel the Highlanders every time they tried, and, um, and they were pretty good on their on their own, um, scoring a try off that their own uh, scrums. Uh, the, yeah, the Crusaders just absolutely went to town here on the scrums. Um, this they really use this platform again and again just to get penalties and move themselves up the field. Uh, that was, yeah, like the Highlanders need to get to work for that. The Crusaders are going to be scary in that regard all year. It'll be really good to see the Crusaders versus the Blues, those front, those packs there. But, um, yeah, uh, fantasy points, fantasy man of the match, Cody Taylor. Uh, still not fantasy man of the round, but pretty close. 90 points. He had five runs for – he kind of had five runs for 25 metres. I, I feel like he ran 50 on that first run. But, um Look, the stats are what the stats are. Uh, an offload, two line breaks, 10 line outs, 10 ta- 11 tackles, try, try assists, three turnovers, one. He was into everything, into his best form. Certainly why he was a very valuable pick. Uh, Severi, 67 points, Whitelock, 42. And for the Highlanders, Connor Garden Batchup, five points, more than his brother's points. entire career. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, what did he get? Um, 55. 55 points. Very good. Um and Jonah Narecki, 46 points. He looked very good as well, Jonah. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Who wants, to, who wants to take us through the Hurricanes and the Blues? I would love to. But those Highlanders wingers are awesome. I was loving watching them. Yeah. Hurricanes versus the Blues game, 16 to 31. The Blues got up over the Hurricanes, leading four tries to two as well. So returning in this one, you had Fraser Armstrong coming back from his, con- I think, chronic concussions or something like that. 
Uh, mm. Peter Amunga Jensen came back via the bench from his paternity leave. Uh, I think they said he only trained part of the week because of that. So that would probably explain that one. Uh, injuries as well. You had Scotty Scrafton from the Hurricanes going down against his old team, lifted yeah. for a line out as he came down. He just went straight over the left ankle hard and looked in a lot of discomfort. There was photos of him getting around on crutches with a boot on after the game. So kind of. Yeah, there's no weight bearing on that. No, no, it looked it looked pretty grim, but that might just be precautionary, but um, didn't look good. And Caleb Clark, I think it was like the 72nd minute or something, but he did kind of limp off late. So I don't know if he was just sore from carrying his team or if he was uh, if he was actually injured, but he did have a bit of a niggle. So no announcement on that one. Mate, when your quads and hammies are that big, like there's just, you know, multiple parts of it. I don't know how the physiology works, mate. You do, but I'm sure there's parts. just more, there's more strength to that bow to break. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. There's just more muscle to tear. <laughs> <laughs> Look, their, their stats on possession territory are pretty much even. Uh, but Hurricanes had 51 possession and 47 territory. Um, the first thing I thought watching this game was how freaking good is it seeing Julian Sevilla looking fit and strong and playing again? My highlight for yeah, the bus. game was that scrum they had with about a 10-meter blind side, and they just gave it straight to him one-on-one with Mark Talay, and he just boomed him off so oh. well. So, Mate, so his, his first touch of the game was running a line off a scrum in the middle of the field, and he sent uh, – who was it? There? He sent the fly half – he sent a Terra Black flying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this was one of those classic game of two halves, right? The Hurricanes managed to frustrate the Blues in the first half. They're up 11, at seven, 11 to 7 at half time, despite James Blackwell doing his absolute best to try and get a Blues win. He just gave penalty after penalty and then yellow card as well. He wasn't onside once in the entire match, I think, from my records. Um, and then you had Geordie just banging over gigantic penalties as well. So they were kind of keeping the scoreboard ticking over in the same way that the, uh, the Rebels did against the Reds. Um, look, there's another yellow card in that second half. I think it was against the, the Hurricanes. Duplessis Karifi came on and sure enough, quickly got himself yellow carded. So he hasn't changed his colours at all. So his, his, his first, Yeah, his first contribution was a late hit off a scrum. Like that was his first. I actually hit. thought that was pretty fair. I thought that was all right. That was, nah, that was late. Off. Still late. That's a, it that's was, a but I don't know. I, I thought let it go. Yeah, yeah. Not that early. Sorry? That's a flanker classic, mate. You're going to hit someone late off the scrum early in your involvement. Let them know you're there. Yeah, I thought it was all right. But anyway, uh, look, and then from there, the Blues just took control. They just just completely outmuscled them and uh, and and took over the game. And the run away from Rico Ioane really just put the uh, exclamation mark on this win for them. And and I think, can I just say, I think part of it was bringing on that All Blacks front row, bringing on Carl Tuankawafe yeah. and Offa Tuangafasi. We talked about it was surprising to do that, uh, you know, that bomb squad strategy. But uh, I think it really paid off. Yeah, I agree. Uh, look, there was one other debatable moment, Geordie Barrett kicking goal that looked like it went over. Um, they said it was going to hit the post and didn't get awarded. So, I don't know, personally, I thought that one was okay. But uh, we can see can see why that call went the way it did. Uh, Attacking-wise, the Blues dominated 471 to 284 run metres and 9 to 5 line breaks. The other stats are pretty even. Uh, defensively, the Hurricanes' defence was awful, 73%, 59 from only 81 attempts, and the Blues on 80%, 81 from 101, so significantly better in that area there. Uh, Penalties, just 21 Hurricane penalties to 12 from the Blues, which was just 
outrageous. Like another game where they've just been blown off the park. I think at least in the New Zealand Super Rugby Aotearoa comp, they said that they were making sure the players had to show that they were definitely onside rather than offside. So they're peeing them pretty hard. Um, and set piece-wise, look, line-outs really good from the Hurricanes, 10 from 11, only 10 from 13 from the Blues. So first half, they were a little bit weak. And then that's because they had that old fat bloke at prop. I'm not sure who that was, Lloyd. <laughs> and uh, and other than that, look, fantasy man of the match, Asafra Muin, 94 points, two tries, seven run meters for 53 meters, six tackle busts, two line breaks, six tackles and nine line out wins. So he was everywhere. Very, very good. Hurricanes also had Artie Sevilla on 51 and Flanders on 41. So excited to see him get some more game time, although he did hand the Blues their first try with a dodgy looking pass. Then, uh, speaking of the Blues, Rico Ioane, 47 points. Akira Ioane, 46 points. Dalton Papali'i, 42 points. And Pera Franchise, my boy, 41 points. Very good. I think Asafra Mua was fancy man of the round, I'm fairly sure. So, um, he was. Huge shout-out to Beast Mode. He looked um, immense. Um, Don't know how he's not my fantasy team. I'm incredibly excited about him. But, um, God, he's good. So, very good. All right. Well, that takes us to the main course uh yeah draft rugby round two this week we'll have buys for the reds and the blues so certainly some issues for fantasy managers at our league uh this week um and the first fixture we're going to have the chiefs and the highlanders uh, i think this is up in waikato so not on the roof but um just give us some good weather let's watch some running footy yeah, look, I, uh, this is going to be an interesting one. First time we get to see the Chiefs and the Highlanders off some some up and down things throughout last last week. They know what they need to improve on, but hopefully we get to see Samasoni Takeaho return for the Chiefs after I think he had a bit of an injury in the trial a couple of weeks ago. Um, other than that, I don't think there's too many people in that returns column other than every single Chiefs player, if you're talking fantasy-wise. Uh, for the Highlanders, the rolling more is, is a strength for them. The question will be, can the Chiefs stand up to, to it like the Crusaders did and shut down that as a, as a strength for them? Their back three, if they get a good platform from the forwards, their back three is absolutely electric and dynamic. Nareki, Garden Bashup, and Alamalo. They are awesome, exciting players, and they just need to be given the opportunity with a little bit of space. And I do think they will come off their forwards. One of the issues for them is it's a real weakness for them in their type five. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how they go there. But yeah, Harry, you've got a bit of a point for Alamalo, a bit of a question. Oh, it's just that that stock standard start that players seem to hit their peak three years after joining a new ca- uh, a new club. So Solomon Alamalo is a man that I really wanted in my fantasy team, but Kagi snuck him from me. But I'm just a little bit worried after that first outing that it might take him some time to gel and and create those combinations to really get the best out of him. Now, look, I've got I've already got it down, Pat. What's going to happen is Aaron Smith's going to recognise that Alamalo was not getting enough ball last week, and is now just going to cut out everyone straight ball to Alamalo. Let him do his thing. That's um. That's what. If he received my text message, that's what he'd be doing this week. Yeah, I, I could see that happening. But yeah, look, the, the Chiefs really need to attack that scrum in tight five and the line out. I think to to get a, a bit of an advantage in this one. The question here is where do we see DMAC play? Do we see him, see him play ten? Do we see him play fifteen? Look, I I hope we see him at fifteen. The man's on my side. I think we will see him at fifteen. There's been utterings of things going both ways, but for me, I reckon you're going to see him in that fifteen jersey. Nelson's positive reinforcement here, just trying to make will will it into into uh, reality. But uh, no, I, I I mean, I honestly think that's where we're going to see him. 
I reckon he's going to play 10 with Chase Tear Tear at 15. Yep, I that's think, what I put my money on. Uh, they're, they're, right. hmm. I think there's a good chance we do see Chase Tear Tear on the wing. So he can tear shit up on the wing, not at fullback. That's all good. Um, we haven't seen Peter Gus. We haven't seen Lachlan Boshier throughout the trials. Uh, Luke Jacobson, he should be favourite to start. So, uh, important question for you guys. Uh, who's the starting back row? Uh, uh, Luke Jacobson. Lachlan Boshier. And whoever they feel like a number of the times with Peter Gus. Not the All Bucks captain, Sam Kane. Uh, we'll see, mate. All right, we've discussed that enough. Now let's move on, Nelson. We could, we could talk about that all night. Gus, Gus will be in there. But yeah, look, who, who starts the lock as well? They've got Chupa Vaya and Natua Akoi, Mitch Brown. They've also got Lachlan McWannell this year coming back from a bit of a disrupted year last year. So who, who fills out those two lock spots for you guys? I think it's got to be the first two. Tupo Vai, because, I mean, he's an all-black for starters. They clearly, look, I was very excited by him, but I haven't seen him deliver yet in Super Rugby or in Fantasy Super Rugby. Um, Nato Akoi, certainly, I thought he was delivering last year. He, he looked really good. So I think it'll be both of them. Um, Mitchell Brown's really good as a kind of utility bench player because he is kind of a back rower that plays lock. Uh, and then, yet yeah, we've, we've heard all this hype about Laglan McWannell, but um, yet to see anything, really. So, um, Harry, Harry you, you particularly thought he might be in for a shot. In a I, I just know that he was like the preseason favourite before getting injured last year. So, he missed a whole year with injury. So, it's pretty hard for him to show much when that's the case. Yes. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what, we'll see what we say. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm with you. I think Vai and uh, Akoy are probably the favourites. Very good. Um, look, this is going to be an awesome back row battle. Uh, this is something that makes me feel sad. I didn't pick up any of these guys. Um, but for for me, I think the big thing here is the Highlanders only stand a chance, in my eyes, if they play Joshua Rani. For me, he is the person that ignites that back line. Mitch Hunt, yeah, sure, he's a solid player. He's a good guy to actually finish out a game, especially if it's tight, can kick the ball from distance. You utilize him for those strengths, I, I reckon, and get Joshua on there. He ignites that back line. So, do you still think that we're going to see Joshua on the bench? Do you think we're going to see him, you know, work his way into a starting side in a different position, or how do you guys see this going? Look, as a as an owner of Mitch Hunt, uh, I would like to say else, like opposite to what I'm going to say, but I, I think we'll see Joshua start this week. Um, I think they picked Mitch Hunt very clearly against the Crusaders because they wanted a more measured. Uh, you know, I guess slower, better game controller in the form of Mitch Hunt. Um, but Josh Uwani, I think, is look. He's showed he's showed uh, touches where when he's gone up against Richie Mwanga, he's you know he's kind of almost started to go toe to toe with him. I know that's a big big call, but um, uh, so I think Josh Uwani will will see starting. Um, <clears> and <throat> as much as I don't want that for my fantasy team, I do want to see Josh Uwani playing because he's fantastic. Um, I, I hope you're I right. I think you're wrong. You think I'm wrong? You think yeah, they're going to stick and stick? Well, yeah. I mean, Joshuaana has been known to be uh, to be a bit of a poor trainer from from the media reports going out. You know, I think he had a bit of a bad off season a couple of years ago and didn't come back in shape. So I'm just a bit worried that they haven't got a lot of faith in him at the moment. Well, yeah, all, all I remember is in the preseason they were interviewing him and um, they were saying, you know, trying to push for All Blacks again, whatever. And he was just like. Yeah, look, I kind of just hope he gets selected for the Highlanders. <laughs> like, he just yeah. he wasn't like you know expunging confidence. And I was like, what? What's going on, Josh? But um, yeah. The only other question I'll say: Look, we talked about the competition in that Chiefs back row. What about that Highlanders back row? Uh, Liam Squire, you know, he came back uh, a little cameo off the bench. 
don't know if he's in full fitness. To be, to be honest, I think Liam Squire is the kind of guy who's always in full fitness um, and just kind of immense. But also Kazuki Himeno has been back training as well. So they've just got this wealth of back rows. I think if we, we be honest with what's going to go there, I think Himeno hasn't had enough time with the squad yet. I'd love to see him, but it's just not yet. Um, I think Squire will probably see on the bench again. He has to prove a few things to earn himself back into that starting side, I believe. It's funny, that, it's funny that you named those two because the clear obvious person that might come is Lentius, who was yeah. the captain last year. So he was a little bit undercooked to play round one, which is why they said Billy Harmon was the favourite. So True. if anyone comes in, that's probably the guy. And I did say Lentius was looking massive. So um, he's, uh, yeah, he should be good. All right, let's move on to the uh, nobodies versus the force um, this week. So a... Hold on, what's your tip? Oh, tip, sorry, tip of the game. Um, oh, I'm going to tip the Highlanders by, I don't know, seven. I was seven. Sorry. I'm assuming Mitch Hunt plays instead of Joshua Anna, So I'm going to go the Chefs. By five. I'm also going to do the chefs, and I'm going to do it by a DMAC try <laughs> late in the game. I'm going to say they'll convert it. They'll win by six. No, nah, they'll already win. They'll win by eight. Very good. I genuinely hadn't thought about that at all until you sprung that question on me. But um, anyway, <laughs> very good. Let's, uh, let's, let's do it. All right, so next game, the nobodies versus the force. The force have the bye. They just get five points straight away. They're going to get the bonus points straight off the bat or... Um, no, okay. The Force playing the Suntars. Uh, returning Andrew Reddy for the Force from maternity uh, paternity leave. Maybe maternity, I don't know, you know, from that type of leave. Um, 2021, mate. Come on. It's okay. okay. True, true, true. Um, does it you go straight into the starting side? Faletti Kaitu was starting before. I think because he's returning, it'll be off the bench. Mm. Um, yes. So that would see Jack Winchester drop back out of the, the 23. Uh the weatherman, we've got a twenty percent. The weatherman, Balaki. Do we are we giving a shout out to him on the first episode of the Drive Rugby podcast? Twenty um, percent chance of a shower uh, should be sunny and good conditions. So, uh, is this game actually? This game is in in Sydney, Parramatta. Yeah, yeah at Bankwest. Um, Bankwest. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Um, and yeah, certainly the weather is something to pay attention to in fantasy games. Just for a quick shout out there. Um, force. <laughs> Force's biggest win over the Tars is by uh, 29 points. Uh, it was 40 to 11 in Perth in 2017. Uh, the, the Force have had only one game so far. It was 11 to 27 loss to the Brumbies, uh, where they actually looked quite good uh, in that game. Um, but, uh, you know, if they take some positive learnings from that, uh, I mean, look, any team should really be able to beat the Waratahs at the moment. Um yeah, what do we think about seeing the international start? Thomas Kubeli and uh, Domingo Miotti, uh, you know, Jake McIntyre's in the mix. Um, I, I think it'd be, yeah, I think it'd be great to see them. I, I think there's there's a chance we see some of them working them, themselves into the starting side. I think they really want to try to build something in Perth and giving their, their local boys, the boys that have been there for a while, a bit of a chance um, to start this season I'm not surprised that that's what they've done. I wouldn't be overly surprised if they do it again and then give the other boys a few more minutes. I mean, Miotti wasn't on the bench uh, last week. I don't think we see him thrust into that starting side um, as well as, you know, it's a weaker game, but it's a game against the Tars. They're going to want to really take a win here. So, I mean, I, I, I won't be surprised with anything. 
I, I actually disagree. I reckon if there's ever a week that they bring them in, they've had a bye week, so they could spend two weeks training with a newer combination to try and get them accustomed to what's going on. And what better time to cut your teeth than against a team that everyone is scoring their biggest ever wins against? So I, I think uh, those two to come on and the force to win by 30. I was going to say, if you're Andrew Twiggy, you're just going, mate, do whatever it takes to get a W on the board. Kick the Tars while they're down. Um, yeah. But yeah, I certainly hope we see Miotti because I think he's by far their best 10. And He's, got, uh, he's, he's definitely their most electric 10. Yeah. I think the, the outcome will be different whether he's starting or not in my eyes. Absolutely. I think, look, they let Jake McIntyre and John Lance play the first game just to be like, you know, so it wasn't just a big, you know, fingers and you, we've got a good new 10 in that we signed at the last second. Um, but alas, anyway, uh, big the force. Look, I think um, just like the Brumbies, we'll see the, if points are coming, they're going to come from the wings. So Byron Ralston, how many is he going to get? Three tries like Mac Hansen this week? Um, no. no, but I, I think that's where the points going to come. I don't know if the Tars can fix that up this week, but we'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the force forward pack, I expect to say pretty much the same. And Tom Robertson, Madrano up there up front. We said probably ready coming back from the bench. Can't really see many other changes. That back row and everything locks seem pretty settled. Um, did, did Jeremy Thrush start in the first round one? I think he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So Miss Fergus Lee. Uh, and it, I guess we'll just see if Kyle Godwin is coming back from injury or not. I don't know if we know that, but I I did hear that maybe he had a fracture on that ankle. So it, it sounds like it might be pretty severe. <clears throat> so we might not see him for a while. Okay. And look, I was going to do my best to not talk about the Tars, but I guess um, what, you know, home record, three from five, the last Super Rugby AU. Are we, we're trying to, I think we're clutching straws. We're trying to say they're going to, the boys are going to win at home. Um, look, I mean, at the end of the day, it is the force. They shouldn't lose this game. But if, if it was ever going to happen, it's going to happen this week. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I hope that they don't go out with all this rage and intensity and just get like a red card from Lockie Swinton five minutes in. But... Yes. I hope they do. I hope they go out with all the rage. Yeah, I, I do. Well. If they have one thing in this week, I hope it is they go out there and try to kill people and prove that that jersey means something. That's my first reaction. But if that results in a red card five minutes in and losing the game, then will you still feel the same? Yeah, I will because, mate, they have not shown anything. The only way this team can actually win a game is if their back row muscle up. Like Swinton, Tizzardo, Dempsey, that's a good back row with a lot of class and a lot of physicality about it. We can't get beaten off the ball every single week with those three. Seeing Swinton bump off Rob Bellatini last week like he was a fly just brought tears to my eyes. They're meant to be putting hits on. The Tars are powder, powder puffs at the moment. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, It's soft as... Look, I agree. We all love Swinton, Swinton coming back and he was really giving it to some of the Brumbies early on uh, until the scoreboard kind of turned against them. But um, yeah, I don't know. Otherwise, look, the Tars, if Angus Bell's not there, serious concerns about that scrum. Um, I think even with HH in there, the force, you know, potentially can attack that. Uh, we said the, the Tars line out was really good. So surely just kick to the corners. Like, I, I don't think we really have a rolling mall, but, you know, try and attack off that set piece. Um what do you think? Is there any, I mean, do you think the force will be smart enough to just attack Tepa Moroa? And by that, I mean, just take one step to either side of him and you'll just kind of, you know, get around him because he can only run straight in one direction. Well, the no, good I thing is be... it's, it's not a bad matchup from Tepa Moroa because the, the uh, Western Force backline is so old that they might actually not be able to run around him. Yeah, although actually I was saying this while watching the game on the weekend. Uh, if you guys do remember, Richard Kahui actually burnt Alex Newsom for pace last year. He burnt him around the, the side on the wing. So Waratah's captain, Alex Newsom, uh, winger slash centre, is um, 
Certainly not the same age as Richard Cahoon, but uh, yeah. Slow up. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, anyway, let's get to any last points before we get to the tip for this one. And oh, can we just all say we're all tipping the Tars and uh, not say by how much and just move on with our lives? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. All I want to say is, please, God, don't let the pain continue. Yeah, look, I, I think for, for us, we've got to be realistic. It, a whooping here by the force would make this worse. Mate, not a whooping, a loss to the force. Don't even give it a whooping. Hey, look, I, for me, there's, you know, the, the issue is continuity with both teams is low. Class for the force. Although, I mean, if you asked me a couple of weeks ago, I would have said the opposite. But class for them is, is what could get them over here. I think the Tars very much, this is a test of character. And I hope and I'm going to bet on that they're going to come out here with a bit of aggression and, and hopefully we can sneak a win in. But I, I, I don't think we will. I, th- I think they have a clear game plan, yeah. right? Like Will Harrison's a good kicking player. Yeah. Like the one that was 16 from 16 last week. The Western Force are a very short team. They just need to kick to the corners, go to set piece, slow the game down, and just try and blitz them in defense and get some line speed and physicality. They've got enough big boxes <clears throat> in their team that they should be able to put them on their ass. And one thing we, we did see from the Force last week is they don't have attack. So the Tars, take some points early when they're on offer. You know, no, seriously, take some points early on offer. I don't care if it becomes a bit of a kicking battle at the start of the match and then try to open it up and score some tries. Yeah, we're selling this game. It's a, a force with no attack to go around the outsides and a Waratahs with no defence for the outside. So we'll see, we'll see what happens there. It's flip a coin, but um, yeah. very good. All right, that'll do us for that one. Harry, take us into the game that we all actually want to watch, Crusaders and the Hurricanes. Right, so the Crusaders versus the Hurricanes returning on this one. David Havili has been all but confirmed to return, while you also have Dane Coles, who hasn't been mentioned, but they said a couple of weeks ago it was a minor calf injury. So I assume that means that he's there or thereabouts as well, although I could see them just easing him into the season with the performance of Asafa Amuro as well. Well, easing him in, even possibly not off the bench. They could even just give him another week because there's a buy in round three. So they might think, look, we'll just bring yeah. him back round four, which would be terrible for me as a Dane Coles owner. Yeah, but I, I actually think it's a good shout because, you know, he's an older player. Ongoing niggly calf injuries can be a bit of a problem and it, it would make good sense, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. David Avili, I mentioned already, he's the the big kind of puzzle piece in this back line for the Crusaders. We think Will Jordan is in doubt or a lot of doubt at the moment. So it means does David Avili go to 15 and Chapiaki drops back to the bench or does Dallas yeah. McLeod drop out David Avili back to inside centre? I thought they were both pretty solid last week. I was pretty impressed by Fiaki on debut as well. What do you guys think? You go, Nelson. Yeah, yeah look, I, I mean, it, it, it's a bit of a tough choice. I think it's the choice is what they want to do. Do they want to do something for longer term? Do they want to put Havili into that 12, you know, hoping that Will Jordan will come back into that 15 jersey? Or do they want to keep moving Havili every single week to fill what they want? He wants to play fullback. Do you give him that crack now? Uh, it, it's really, really tough for them moving forward. I, I think we'll see Havili play fullback. Um, I think we would have seen him play 12 if, Will Jordan was fit and available. I'm sure by now they will have got scans and they'll know if Will Jordan is out for another six, you know, six or eight weeks. I think Harry had ridden in the casualty ward uh, long, if, he, but yeah. if he does have a fractured rib. Um, and I think if he does, David Vili will take the opportunity to be back at fullback with both hands. You know what I mean? He he has been, we've said every year, how is he not in that all-back squad? Um, and if he gets a chance to play six to eight weeks with Crusaders in a uh, in a fullback spot, he's, he's taken that. And... Um, 
yeah, Dallas McLeod, I think, will just be the beneficiary. Get to keep uh, keep on trucking on the 12. Yeah, I expect the Crusaders uh, scrum just to absolutely destroy Fraser Armstrong, Asafa Amua, and Tyrell Lomax. I think they're going to have them for breakfast, so that's going to be scary. Um, the biggest weakness for the Crusaders, however, I think, is their loose forwards. You know, it, it might be a little bit harsh to say after some of the things that we've seen, but Blackadder, Christian, Cullen, Grace, it's actually a very young bunch of loose forwards. I don't think that they've shown just yet that they can match it with the top loose forward packs in the uh in the competition. Mm. I, I wanted to say, I thought Ethan Blackadder was immense. Like, obviously, we talked up Cullen Grace, and he did have a fantastic showing last year. I thought Ethan Blackadder this game was incredible. Uh, I think he's going to be really good. Yeah, I, I agree. I, look, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the players. I just think that, realistically, that's probably the one area that you can attack this team. Um, Betsy yeah. Douglas, if he's back as well, is just going to add another layer because then you do get that level of maturity in that side as well, which I think is probably the one thing that's missing in that that back three. Um, also, look, I, I'm just kind of licking my lips for Seba Reese and to a lesser extent, Lester Finger Anuku to run over Garden Bashup just for Richie Moe, just to look at the little inside ball and just run straight at him. It's just going to be so tasty and Garden Bashup's going to be diving at shadows, not knowing what to do with himself. Finger and Nuku's probably just going to run through him. It's going to be fantastic. And and it's going to be the bus up against uh, Sebu Reese. Yeah, Sebu Reese is going to make him look silly, let's be honest. <laughs> um, we've seen how Sebu Reese hits in defense and he's so fast in attack as well, but... Maybe this is the time you put Salisi Ray Arcee in just so you can't ruin Julian Sevilla's great name. <laughs> Speaking of the Hurricanes, Peter Umunga Jensen, I fully expect him to start at outside centre over Billy Proctor. They did yep. say that he missed the first few days of training last week because of his paternity leave. So now that he's had time with them, I think as the uh, up-and-coming centre in New Zealand rugby last year, I think it would be crazy not to see him there. Also, I, I think Asafra Moore is going to have a much tougher time against the Crusaders team. I, you know, he, he was pretty pretty exceptional last week. You know, one of those lineouts he scored. They the Hurricanes ran this like breakaway rolling mall. So there was two rolling malls, and the the uh, the Blues didn't know which one to defend. And all of a sudden, Amua just popped out and made a sprint for it. So I don't think any of that kind of freedom is going to be allowed to the the Hurricanes this week. And I think it'll be a bit quieter because of that. Having said that, he's still going to bump some tackles, isn't he? He is a machine. Um, one other shout-out for another player, um, Adi Sevilla. I think he realised as that game went on last week that he had to carry the entire team. So I'm expecting him just to start that way this week against the Crusaders. I think he's going to be riding on the wall. He's going to have a huge one for them if they're going to go anywhere. Uh, Kirifi. Obviously, looking uh, how that back row actually lines up this week, they were talking about having a, they wanted a really big back row last week to try and bolster their second their locks. When you're versing Scott Barrett and Sam Whitelock, I feel like there's no other team in the entire competition where you want your second row to be good, especially with how good the rolling mall is from the Crusaders. So I, I don't know. I, I see them potentially leaving Karifi on the bench again, but you know they did say. And, uh, and Scotty Scrafton, we mentioned, was injured. So who comes in to actually start for them? So you got Kane Leal Pepe, you got Isaiah, Isaiah Walker Leawere, and realistically, Blackwell was atrocious on the weekend as well. So personally, I hope we see both. And I know it'll, be, it'll make Kagi a very happy man as well. Correct. Yep. Um, last one, uh, my tip I'm going to go Crusaders by their average win margin, about a million. I think I'll back you on that. Yeah, let's just do Australian million. Sounds good. 
Yeah, I'll go halfway through it. I'll go 500,000 points. Excellent. <laughs> How good. Very tame. Um, excellent. All right. Well, that moves us on. Nels, do you want to take us through the Brumbies and the Rebels and see how long you can talk about Mac Hansen. <laughs> Mate, I, I do. He'll get some points here as well, so that'll be good. Look, uh, in the returns column, we've got Solomon Kata and Scotty Seo returning from a leg and back. Uh, they returned and played last week for the Brumbies runners, which also beat the Waratahs A team. Uh, just to some more salt in the wound. Um, Falau Fayanga, I mean, hopefully he's back as well from his toe injury. I haven't heard any recent updates but I didn't seem, it didn't seem like it was going to be a long injury. And Isi Nasarani, hopefully he returns from his knee arthroscope. He should be close in and around this team. Uh, look, Jordan Ulisi, he came off that concern we touched on before about his, his knee, but it turns out that it's actually his hand that is injured. We're waiting on some scans early in this week, so that sounds a little bit more concerning. If we don't see him, do we see 24-year-old Ed Craig come into the starting side? Or do we see Chipper Hansen, James Hansen, who was a, a late pickup for them coming into that starting side? Hopefully we see that um, because he was an awesome player. Um, don't know how long he's been training with them, though, but it, it does sound like it's been for a little while. Uh, also, it, it sounds like Campbell Magne should be close. I think we were only thinking he'd expect, he was expected to you know, return either last week or this week. Um, from a injury, that gets rid of one of the issues for them in the back line. Uh, I don't think he lit it up for them last year, but he is quite a talented player. They've got Brendan Pango Mosa. He is not in this team, but he is in the notes for some reason here. Uh, <laughs> got him. Um, but yeah, look, the the Brumbies driving mall is back to their full strength. We we're talking about it a little bit earlier. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how they go here against the Rebels. They just don't have a role in the more, though. They, they've talked about it the last few years, and I think they really proved it last week as well. They have a raft of different ways that they can score tries and get their players in great positions um, to, to really, you know, just hammer down any of the negatives they can find in opposition and exploit any weaknesses. They have a real solid base with their forwards, um, they've got good link men with Wyden and Lolisio and that back five, you know, even without the likes of Cutter and Tom Wright, Tom Wright in the last couple of weeks has looked really lethal as well. So I think they're going to be quite solid. So does, Cut, does Cutter just come straight in for Andy Muirhead or um, is that how it's going to work? I don't think so. Uh, look, I, I assume so you'd see him on the bench. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him on the bench. Um, that you know, you'll just get picked straight over Mac Hansen, who is the vastly junior player. I think it's clearly no, time to drop Andy Muirhead. And, and, no, uh, look, I, I think both of you are wrong. Um, I think he comes into the bench and works his way back into that side. It's a respect thing at that club. And I don't think Solomon Akut has done enough to just jump back into a starting side when both those players are playing really, really well. I don't think they'll rush him back into that starting side. But who knows? Um, a concern for the Rebels is, uh, Craig, you were talking about how strong some of that Rebels scrum was last week. Mm video that came out of Pony just getting absolutely molested by Harry Hooper in the scrum. Just absolutely creamed, mate. So uh, for me, that's a little bit of a concern from them against this solid Brumby scrum. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I had a few where they, they really gave it to them. Do you, do you know how big that Rebels front row is actually enormous because they're all about six foot three or four or something like Elof, Ulysses, Massive and Pony. It's, it's they're yeah, 
I mean, it's, that's all well and good, but this Brumbies is basically a Wallabies front row. So, Look, yeah, I am concerned. Um, but I've just, I think they surprised us all the last year. They were much better than we thought in the scrum. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, that's a that's a part of the the match that they're going to really have to capitalise on if they're going to be able to win this one. You know, they need that solid base. That's something that the Brumbies score a lot of their points from. So it'll be interesting to see how they go there. But look. The lack of DHP proved costly for them. Someone's going to have to step up in this back line. For me, that's Korobeki. He's just proving, you know, too often for me that he's hot and cold when it comes to super rugby level. He needs to inject himself into this game. He needs to get amongst it. Um, but if we... Well, I mean, we don't know how long it is until DHP comes back. So how many times do we have to see the Rebels play in terms of not having any attack again before we see Hodge slot back to 15 and give someone else a chance, whether it's Louis Holland, who we know is quite skilled and quite quick, or do we see Tamua push into that 12 jersey, which I think he's done well in previous, you know, last season he did really well there and bring in a out-and-out fly half like Carter Gordon, although he is very young, so... It'll be interesting to see where we go from there. Surely, surely what you're saying is get rid of Stacey Illy. Is that basically what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, get rid what of him. the hell? We talked about all the guys and the combos they could be playing at 10, 12, 13, 15 in the preseason. Stacey Illy was never even a potential option. He wasn't even signed by them. No. So I, <laughs> why? Why is he starting? It makes Never no sense. Me, but I agree. Just throw, throw anyone in there. Throw why is Hodgie not playing 15? For mine, but anyway, I, I agree. That's absurd. But look, the kicking is the only thing that's going to keep the rebels in this game. But I just see the Brumbies running away with this in the second half. How do you guys think this will go? Yeah, look, I think they'll certainly put up more of an at the fight than the Tars did, because um, their defense was really good last week against the Reds. They really unsettled them. The Brumbies are, are kind of like the Crusaders of our competition. I can't really see them getting unsettled. They'll just find another way to lift up a gear. I, I agree, Brumbies to run away in the second half. Yep. Look, Murphy dominated them in the uh, the rolling mall. The Brumbies rolling mall is better. The <laughs> Rebels lineout sucks. The Brumbies score a lot of their points from rolling mall, and the Brumbies have arguably the best scrum in the competition. So they're going to push them around a little bit there as well. I I don't see how the Rebels can win this one. I don't think it's going to. You're be- saying don't take our betting advice, but put money on the Rebels to score first points from a penalty from basically anywhere, and then put first try both halves. On Falau Fangafi starting at hooker. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. Excellent. Um, very good. Any final points with this one, or are we we good? Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. That's it. This little disclaimer and all that. Uh, and look, you know, we said no dessert calories being low. This isn't really a dessert, but just um, super quick platform update to finish. Uh, the stats are up currently live on the site. The fantasy stats. One little disclaimer to that. I think we 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 made two changes to the scoring this year, which is that uh, penalties are now only minus four points instead of minus five, and try assists up to six points rather than five. Uh, and I, that hasn't been reflected yet. So there will be a minor change to those scores uh, if you've got very excited already by looking at them, as Harry and Nelson have. Um, won't be huge changes. You, you'll probably know who who have won your fixtures. Um, but yes, yeah, so that to come, uh, and yeah, within this week, yeah, obviously we've had some issues, but within this week, you should be able to add your players from your team in, and um, yeah, we're back, back kind of working on it. Uh, the, the team's back working on it again, so we should be putting up some new features with each week. Obviously, we get more and more excited 
and somehow find more and more time uh, as we get into each season. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for that. There'll be lots of updates. Harry Nelson um, on the socials will let you know everything as it comes. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the boys have really been in loving um, getting involved with everyone on the socials over the weekend. Um, and, yeah, I think Harry mentioned earlier we're going to try get our OG League post out so you can follow along our fantasy league and, uh, you know, the one week that I might be at the bottom of it, which is this week. Um, oh, yeah. And, look, unless you, unless you guys have any last business, my last point to end this pod on is... How good was England losing on the weekend? I'm sorry, I loved it. Uh, just big fan. I, it, I, I do love to see them lose, but I have a massive bet that said that they'll come second and France will win the Six Nations. And that seems to be falling apart with every single person in the French team getting AIDS, no, sorry, COVID, and <laughs> England just sucking. So, yeah. I, I love to see them lose, but I also hate to see Wales win. So I was hoping for a nil or draw. <laughs> Uh, it's it's, it's win and lose, and then anything else after that is is uh, you know I don't really just, care. So that's fine. Just let friends win the comp is whatever I want. All right, very good. That's gonna that's gonna be us for another episode of the Draft Rugby Show. Um, catch the previews on YouTube. Uh, like, subscribe, share with all that good stuff, and we will see you again next week. Up the horatars and hooroo.